0: now happy happy vibes my friends welcome back to the podcast where I believe in spreading killer vibes that light you up and give you that kick in the ass to craft the life you wish to live this sacred space is dedicated to the lovers of all things business travel and lifestyle hey it's about time you get the scoop on the latest vibes so let's get to it so before I get into who I'm uh, um, having in my podcast today. I want to tell you a little bit about her before I present her to you. So I met my amazing guest for today. I think it was more than two years ago. She may know a little bit better. I don't keep up with the years too well. When I joined a gym here locally in the Heights, it was called um, Sweat 1000. It's still Sweat Is it Sweat 1000? It's one sweat now, right? Correct. One sweat. sweat. So it's just sweat. Correct. Okay, awesome. I noticed from all the trainers that I knew you had the most amazing energy. And... I'm an energy person. Like I am attracted to good energy. So like if there's energy, I'm like, "Mm, I need to know more about her um of course abby is like so spunky she's beautiful she's so sweet and super super supportive for all of us that go and work out in this high intensity place like one thing that we really really appreciate is support because it's not easy um and you're a founding trainer there but you know you came across as a super welcoming just you know welcome to and i into the whole family of uh, of sweat and it was just so 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 amazing but i recognize that you were a type a woman Right away. And for me, like, I'm attracted to those girls because I want to know more about them. I want to know how they fucking keep it together. Like, how do you do it? I'm the same way, but I want to know from you, like, how do you do it? So for me, getting to know you and knowing more about you, I mean, like, oh, my God, like, super, super amazing. So you won back-to-back decathlon. Correct. (laughs) I practiced that word earlier. Mm -hmm. Decathlon championships in 2018 and 2019, Abby. So my guess is Abby Liu. And she's a competitor. She's a high-intensive competitor. D10, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Okay, so D10 is a, well, it was first, um, it's called The Fittest Man on Wall Street, founded by Dave Maloney. Yes. Okay. The Fittest Man on Wall Street, um, the competition started in New York, and he branched out into different locations. There's one in San Francisco, Chicago, but he made his way um, down to Houston. Yeah,
0: And so... And I noticed that from when you do competitions like this, there's always a um, component of charity. Correct. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that and why yes. that's so important to you. And because I noticed that that's a huge component of what you do for your life and right. how you lead your life. You always lead it by service and by purpose. Yes. And that's something that I've, you know, I'm also super attracted to because I really love women who, who don't only just go out there to do things. They do it with the purpose and a reality in the back of their mind that something is bigger and greater than themselves. And that's super awesome. You went to the University of Texas. You competed there. So you did a lot of, you also played tennis for 3.5 years. How is that, by the way?
1: Um, It was one of the most invigorating experiences I could ever ask for. Um, I would, if I could do it again, I would do it all over again.
0: Yeah. So when I'm saying Abby is, you know, top-notch competitive, she is competing at all levels, not only in sports and not only in fitness, but in life. Like she has a business. She leads a Montessori school which I believe you um, inherited from your mother. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, and when, uh, you know, when this gym was starting, you were one of the founding trainers. Correct. So, mm-hmm. I mean, um, not only uh, is she amazing, but she's a leader, and she supports women in, le- in leadership positions, and I can tell that. I can tell definitely about that. And so I'm so excited that you're here today because okay. you know what? the topic that I have for us today was a topic that came to me because I was um, reading an article that talks about fitness influencers. And when I go to my Instagram account, I'm always looking at you because I'm like, okay, inspire me, Abby, today. Like, you're so inspirational um, and you come across as super authentic and genuine, which is something that doesn't happen very often with influencers, especially in the fitness community. So for me, it was like, you know what? I need to talk to you a little bit more because you may know... um, a little bit of the behind the scenes. Yes. Okay, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about the truth behind fitness influencers.
1: So oh. I'm ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm so ready for this. Yes, yes. We're going to put some people on blast. <laughs> uh, mind and body connection with modern day fitness influencers. It's changed over the years. So to, today it's so um, heavy on the, on the social media right? It's so heavy on um, all of the different uh, platforms that we have, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok. So all of that. But ultimately, it has an impact on our psyche as a society, as women. You know, some of us don't... um, I guess we'll never reach those levels, but I really want to know, like, what is your perspective on those levels and like what it takes to get to those levels? Because you are at the highest level, you really are one of those women that that lives and breathes excellence in everything that you do, Um, and that's uh, extremely intense. That's stressful. There's a component. There's a mental component that I want to talk to you about. That because not anybody can get to those levels. I mean, we can go over to your Instagram account. And, uh, can you share it with us just so that we know a little bit more?
1: Oh yeah, it's definitely. Um, it's Abby Lou Fit.
0: So it's sort of like a like you know you see it and you're like oh she's got it all she's got it all together and do you Abby?
1: I would say so. I would say that um, fitness has definitely trumped my entire life and. Through all of the ups and downs and um, the competitions, it's, it's really shaped who I am today. And it translates to all facets of life.
0: Yeah, And I want to share a little bit of that with you because, you know, um, wellness in, in today's society, it's kind of like covered up by like, oh, you, you should work out because you should feel it makes you feel better. But a lot of women, and I know a lot of women like my age in their mid-40s are not working out necessarily to look better, but because it regulates our hormones, because it's, um, you know, mental health for us, um, it gives us self-care away from our kids, away from our jobs, away from our husbands, you know, because a lot of that is, um, is just a lot of external stress. So for us, in that in that sense... It's not just about looking beautiful and fit. It's more about like, oh, I need to work out so that my, you know, my mind is clear. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, so stressed out and such a bitch to my kids all the time, <laughs> you know, because we can be a little That's bitchy. That, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Um, so what is fitness to you? What is, what is
1: fitness for you? Right. Um, so fitness is honestly, it's a very simple term. And I would categorize that as anything that is something active for your body. Um, it could be in a term, uh, a means of occupation. It could be in a form of, of a sport, or it could be in a form of activities of daily, daily living. So, yeah. for example, you know, doing a chore, for example, um, vacuuming the floor or mowing the lawn is a form of fitness. Yeah. Anything that you're doing to put any exertion or force on your body and, and something that's that you're doing that's out of the couch.
0: When did you get started on this, um, on this path, on this journey of fitness, at the level that you do it? Because you're an every-single-day girl, and you travel, and even when you're traveling, you're hiking. I'm like, this girl is hiking. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> yes. So why? Why every day, and when did that start for you, and why is it so important to you?
1: Okay, so it, it really started, um, it was grained at a very early age. Um, I was born here in Alabama. Um, my parents are immigrants from China. But um, my dad took us, me and my sister, I have a twin sister, her name is Amy, but it really started when we were early age, um, around four years old. I just remember vividly that my dad would take us to the track every single day, and we'd leave it by example as well. He would run a mile with us almost every single day. Wow. And I think that running has allowed me to build up and to give me the skills to perform other sports.
0: Okay. For example, what other sports do you well, do?
1: Well, running gives you, you know you know it's the most fundamental thing of all sports. I feel like it gives you good cardiovascular endurance. So through running, I've learned tennis. Um, now I've I've competed in almost everything that you could possibly name. I've I've ran marathons. I've competed in decathlons. I've competed in CrossFit. Um, I play golf now. Last year, okay. I did scuba diving. I got scuba dive certifi- certified. Okay. Um, so literally any type of sport.
0: Is it is it for you as a... Um, is it a way f- of therapy for you?
1: Um, it's, it's both. I would say it's therapeutic, and also it gives me that adrenaline, the endorphins.
0: Okay. So you're constantly chasing the endorphins. Correct. <laughs> what would happen if the, you didn't have them one day and you didn't work out? Where do you... What happens to you?
1: Well, that's a tough question to ask. I, I just at the moment I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be sidelined, but um, I would say I would have to find other means of hobbies, um, something that would bring me joy and that peace. But as of right now, um, chasing that high, it just it's a sense of elation for me, that euphoric moment when I do achieve something it's mm-hmm. it just brings me so much happiness and a sense of
0: achievement. Yeah. Do you find that euphoria in other things or is it mostly with fitness and competitions?
1: Um, I find euphoria through fitness and, and by traveling. Okay. Fitness and traveling, I feel like go hand in hand. Every time I do go travel, you know, I want to climb the highest mountain peaks yeah. or dive down into the ocean to, to see the beauties of the world. You know, last, um, last year I went to the cenote to dive in the Caribbean Sea. Mm-hmm. And it was just that sense of euphoria where, you know, you can find beauty in everything.
0: Yeah. And so when someone doesn't chase that 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 feeling all the time, um, what's the best way you can explain it to someone who wants to maybe you know, try to become a little more in tune with their bodies or maybe challenge their bodies to a more higher level. Because some of us, we know we have the capacity, we just never challenge ourselves the way you challenge yourself or the way your friends or your circle of friends. Um, So what could you say is something maybe like a tip, maybe some way that we can get started and we can like, that it's achievable. Because I mean, we look at you guys and we're like, oh, we're never doing that. Like we're never climbing that mountain. Like that's, impossible. Mm -hmm. But you can give us maybe one, I guess, one pointer that might help for us to say, oh, we can do this. Right. Well, I think the most basic
1: um, start is to find your intentions of why you're doing something. Yes. And for me, um, the intentions of fitness, everything that I do through fitness has a purpose. It's not just Blatantly going out there just to just to run laps with no purpose, you know. Running yesterday went running at Memorial Trail, three Mm -hmm. miles. Mm -hmm. My intentions was to keep my lung capacity up, my heart rate up, Uh to focus on my breathing. I knew I was struggling at one point. You know, it's in the Houston heat and in the humidity. It's it's exhausting. It's excruciating. But I envisioned the end result, and I saw that, and I overcame it. I you know, um, through golf, you know, it's not just hitting a white golf ball. It's, it's about chasing perfection. It's how you can, um, work on your biomechanics every single time and, and work on your stroke to, to get that perfect aim and to, to the whole.
0: And the feeling when you achieve that is, it's something you're always it's, thinking about. Yes, it's,
1: it's just, it's captivating to me. It's always something that I can always improve on. Um, even tennis, hitting years of, of tennis balls, there's always something that I can improve on, hitting the ball clean mm-hmm. or working on my footwork to make sure that it's, you know, I'm working on my agility, I'm working on my speed, that I'm not slowing down. Um,
0: Abby, is this because of your upbringing or is this something that's ingrained in you? As a young girl, you've always felt like a need to just go to the next level, go to the next level. You achieve one level, you go to the next one. Is it something that you grew up with or is it something that you've just decided for yourself you were going to do it? Well, I think
1: um, it definitely was brought up from my parents.
0: Right, Um, because we hear tiger parents are super like like that's the big term, you know, for for Asian parents. So is was that applicable for you?
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah. I would say, okay. oh my gosh, my, my parents are definitely tiger parents. Um, but the thing that I really do appreciate about my parents is, you know, they, they helped me find my identity. They helped me stand out, not only as an Asian American, you know, we get this common stereotype in society yeah. that we're labeled yeah. as, as the min- uh, you know, the, the,
0: the, the excellent minority or the perfect minority. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct.
1: And, and only through academia. And, and they knew that you know, there's more to us than just academia. Mm-hmm. And so that's when my father also introduced me to tennis and track mm-hmm. because he, well, he wanted us to be well-rounded individuals.
0: Did you ever rebel against such intensity? Oh, yes, and definitely. such a heavy-handed way of raising you?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, there's times that I didn't want to give up. Um, every single day, you know, after work, he would... He would take us to the tennis courts, and we were out there for hours, my sister and I. He mainly focused on me, though, um, but we were out there for hours. If it was meant to hit 50 balls in the court without making any errors, he would stay there until the cows came home. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Yeah, that's very Tiger Parent, right? Yes. Did you ever feel jealous of the kids that didn't have that kind of parenting and had such a lackadaisical parenting and more like... You know, they get to have more fun. They get to go out and do more things, and they're not practicing all day every day like I am. Right? Was that something that you encountered as you were growing up? It's like maybe a middle schooler, like when those things start to happen and like are more clear for you. Um.
1: Yes, there's definitely times I I wish that I went to dances. The last you know during senior year, the only dance that I went to was prom. I've never went to the movies in high school. It was just purely sports and and also playing an instrument, playing the violin. Yeah. Did it hinder your social life by the way? um I would say so, but i I kept focused and i I found you know the end goal was to to get a college scholarship and play for a bigger okay. university. but just looking back, um mm-hmm. you know I'm so grateful for my parents because they gave me the skills that are that are permanent for the uh, for a lifetime and i'm you know you look at people now when you know when especially when the pandemic hit there's so many people that wanted to play tennis out on the courts because yeah. you know social distancing was the thing yeah. and i saw just so many people wanting to play tennis and when you go to top golf you see so many people that want to play golf yeah. But there are biomechanics and, and just the strokes is is just the technique is just not there. Yeah.
0: So definitely start early if you're gonna yes, start doing it. Ingrain anything. your
1: kids from an early age, the discipline and the work ethic.
0: Yeah. And when you do have kids, do you plan to 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 approach parenting in the same way that your parents did? Oh absolutely. Yeah. I, I do
1: I <laughs> you know, I, the top down approach from an early yeah. age, I would see say it's it's definitely going to happen. I think yeah. at an early age, children shouldn't be allowed a choice. It's, you know, of course, if you ask any four or five year old what they want to do, they would want to play with their Barbies or they would want to go play with their friends.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we need to. Yeah, and that's something that's really interesting because I know when we got married and we had kids, we said, you know, our kids are going to come and live our life, we're not going to adjust ourselves to them. Like they're going to come to our life the way who we are and what we do because so many parents were just adjusting their whole their whole social life, their whole circle, their family, everything was around their kids. And I'm like, you're giving your kid way too much credit. And he's a kid. He's a baby. Like, right. like seriously, like they were putting so much into that. But I think that's a little bit of like an immigrant parent thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we yes. were both kids of immigrants. He's a he's a kid of, of immigrants from Europe and uh, the Middle East. And I'm, you know, my parents are Mexican. So we did have a lot of that. But I'm glad that we did because our kids now are like super good well-behaved well-established generous good-thinking kids because they're not spoiled mm-hmm. you know yeah but it's hard yes. it's hard because oh, you're raising hard. you're raising the kids in a society that doesn't see that anymore doesn't see the value in discipline and getting up doing your bed waking right. up early you know most of my friends kids you know wake up in, at noon that would never happen in my in, with my boys I mean my yes. boys have to be up you know early and like do something right. um but and, as you know, a minority
1: um it yeah, was really ingrained Ingrained in us that you know, as a minority and someone who isn't Caucasian, that we had to be best of the best of all things, whether yeah. it's in school or whether it's in sports or you know, it's whether in debate or yeah,
0: and don't be basic and don't be mediocre. Correct. <laughs> yes,
1: and that's the that's the mentality that I grew up with, and yeah. it's carried on throughout life until now.
0: And I think one of the things that that um, and I think as friends, as you and I friends, we connect that way because yeah. I can see that's important to you like being basic is not what Abby Liu is. She is not basic at all. She is beyond that. And so for me, you know, as, as a woman who's always achieving more and achieving more and doing more, um, for me, um, I'm motivated by that. Like I'm inspired by that because I want to know how other women do it, you know? And I'm like thinking, you know, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, but I wouldn't be anything else if, 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 if I could. I yes. would most definitely not be regular. Like if I'm not being a good mom, okay, where the hell am I gonna fix it? If I'm not being a good wife for my man, like where do I need to go back and fix that? You know, where am I not giving him enough sex? Mm-hmm. Am I not, you know, <laughs> cooking enough for him? <laughs> you know my I husband, so you know, yes. you know how it is. But it's like that for me. Like what at what point in my life am I lagging? And if I am lagging, okay, girl, get it together and pull it together. Yes. Not because um I feel like this need to show off, but it's a need for me as a personal, as a personal It's personal. It's all personal. Correct. I need to be that girl. I need to be that person. And some people get it and some people don't. So that's why I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, social media and a little bit of that, because I think a lot of women, you know, see influencers as a little bit of like body shamers. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're so perfect. They look gorgeous. They look beautiful. Give me a little bit of why. That's not body shaming.
1: No, it's not. Okay. It, it shouldn't be Tell body me shaming. why. Um, again, everyone has their own journeys. It's it's not about putting people down, um, but you know, it, if you do, if you do look into the life of a, of a fitness influencer. It's just, it's so much more than behind the what you see. There's yeah. so much more.
0: Tell me what it is. Oh,
1: my goodness. Um, it's day in and day out. It's, it's a level of sustainability every single day, whether you want to do it or whether you don't. But it's getting up and pushing yourselves to an uncomfortable state. Um,
0: People don't like to be uncomfortable.
1: Correct. How, yes. do, you,
0: how do you embrace Being uncomfortable.
1: Okay, so I've I've done a lot, I've obviously going through sports psychology um through through you know college and reading a lot of books about um mental fortitude and how to achieve that. One of the books that I've that really resonate with me is called Stealing Fire by Stephen Kotler. But it's it's about shutting down your prefrontal um cortex. And and through training, you find when when we hit a wall. Or, or something that it's hard, you know, if, for example, if I'm running a 400 meter run, um, this is one of the events in the decathlon. I know that every single inch of me is going to be burning my arms, my limbs, my, my lungs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: my legs are, it's all burning. But through that pain, you have to find that, that threshold and that wall and push through that pain. And you find the state of ecstasy. You find this altered state of mind. And that's, and that's what I really focus on when I'm training. You know, if, can I push through that burn? If I'm doing lifting weights in the gym, can I push through that, other, that extra rep, that extra set? It's, it's just all mentality.
0: Okay. And how do you prepare your mental? How does your mental play such a big part? Can I ask you this? Is it something that you exercise every day and develop over time? Or do we already have it in us? We just need to tap into that mindset.
1: Correct. I think every single person um, in us has the capability. Um, another book that I read uh, recently was is um, by. It's called Relentless, or also a, uh, but it's called Can't Hurt Me. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, he's a Navy SEAL. Yeah, Navy SEAL guy, David Goggins, David but he Goggins. says that forty percent of us w- are. We only tap into forty percent of our capabilities. We don't even know what's beyond our capabilities. Right. And so many people, when again, when when we hit a threshold, we automatically stop. We don't want to experience pain. Yeah. And I think it's 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 an, an innate um, habit and an innate um, drive within us. Um, you know, the, the path of least resistance. If we were to get by through the most minimum effort yeah. and gain the most maximum results, every single person on this earth would want to choose that. Nothing is given, but yes. Um, but
0: you think ultimately um, all of us have it, we just don't tap into it? Correct. Okay. Um, but you know what? Sometimes you will get these excuses that, well, you know, I'm not like you and don't expect me to be like you uh, you know, it's the same thing with the influencers online. Okay. You follow them, but you're like, oh yeah, girl, but you're not eating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's a lot of that sarcasm, a lot of cynicism, um, -hmm. because some of these girls are leaving their life. They're live their life at another level at another plane at another set. Um, why the hate? That's what I don't understand. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of like, uh, Okay, body positivity, you know, like, well, I want to be fat. I want to be fat. Like, what's wrong with that? Um, But I think ultimately in 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 our encountering social media, we have that um, free will. We have that ability to connect with the things that we want to connect with and disconnect with the things that we don't want to disconnect with. Right. Mm -hmm. So if for me, you're inspiring me and what you're doing lifts me up. I'm going to follow you. I am going to be there for you. I'm like, oh, yeah, girl. Yeah, keep yes. going. Do your thing. Right? But mm-hmm. I think what happens a lot of times is a lot of influencers um, don't really give us the, the authentic, real, like, life story. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of them are like, no, well, you know, I'll, I eat a lot. And, not, you know, I just work out. Mm-hmm. Abby, tell me that's not really what's happening. Because I've seen you, girlfriend. Correct. I've, I've seen it. <laughs> They're not eating like the guys do. Right. Yeah.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I'll just be honest. Nutrition, well. yes, nutrition is so important. Um, there's really no secret formula for the, for there's it's 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 the formula is so obvious. There's no diet, there's no pill, there's no surgery that can make you give that perfect body. It is definitely just diet and exercise. It really comes down simple as that.
0: Really? Yes. Diet and exercise. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping you're giving me some like, <laughs> some uh secret sauce. What's yes. your secret sauce? But again,
1: it's day in yeah. and day out consistency, consistency discipline, dedication, which is
0: something I know about you. It's consistent, it's mm-hmm. persistent, and it's um, nonstop. Correct. Because you don't. You, you, that's who you are. Right. Um. Do people? I don't know, maybe this is just from the outside looking in. Do people post things on your social, like, oh, here you are trying hard again, you know, to, to show how fucking amazing you are and how <laughs> wonderful you are. And look at the fucking trips you go on, you know, who do you think you are, mm-hmm. you know? Because I'll get I'll get mm-hmm. messages sometimes, like, right. oh, you're back traveling. Girl, didn't you just get back? <laughs> I what get are that you sometimes. doing? You're, you're traveling again. I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> right. I am. Right. And- I, for
1: the most part, I would say that I experienced good, positive comments and feedback, you know, um, you know, I, I comments such as I live vicariously through you or geez, you do it all or yes, you know, you're traveling again, but you know, my comment to them is if I could do it, you can do these same things too. Nothing is holding you back. You know, I do have multiple sides. We hold ourselves back, Abby.
0: Yes. We are our worst sabotagers. Right. We are. The minute we decide that we're not doing it, we're not going to do it, you know, but the minute we decide we are going to do it, we will do it. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it really is up to us, right? Right. Each one of us has that capacity to say yes to ourselves or say no to ourselves. Yes. We allow either fear or doubt to infiltrate our mind and then we're doomed Mm -hmm. when that happens. Mm -hmm. It's pushing through that doubt and pushing through that fear. Mm -hmm. Um. Do you find that when you are doing all of this and you're working out and, and, and going at the intensi- att- intensity that you go at, mm-hmm. do you ever feel like maybe you need to slow down and stop at some point? Um,
1: I think the only time when I, it, you know, it's a it's a signal for me to stop is is when I'm feeling, you know, really fatigued or when I do get sick. But... Other than that, every single day, again, is focusing on, on the purpose and the reason why I'm working towards something is intentional to be better at something every single day, whether it's learning something or building another skill or being faster or working on my biomechanics. It's, it's always perfecting something. There's always a sense of purpose.
0: Is there a little bit now? I'm gonna be a little catty. Yes. So, be yeah, catty. I wanted to answer this. <laughs> you know, is there a little bit of you um ladies that are, you know, super fit and, and fitness influencers? And and I know that you don't call yourself that. I know maybe you don't say that to yourself. You just live your life because I can tell that's what you really do. You're really doing what you like to do. Mm-hmm. I don't see like an agenda behind what you do. You have fun, you have a good time, and you post it. And there's other influencers that are out there with an agenda. They're like, mm-hmm. you know making mm-hmm. sure that you know they're selling all the time or mm-hmm. selling some program or selling mm-hmm. some protein shake mm-hmm. whatever I know that you do ads but they're very organic to you and you'll only mm-hmm. do them when they um, matter to you Correct. right and yes. they're there yeah and you do them but we notice from a lot of other influencers that a lot of them do it for the money and they do it for the brand whatever like you want to make money that's not that's not the issue that's not a big that whatever you want to do but what I'm wondering is behind the scenes do mm-hmm. you all kind of sometimes talk shit behind each other like can you see what she did like that or, or like you know, she's not you know being authentic to her brand anymore. She's you know, I'm mm. wondering: is there like a little subculture of of influencers and fitness ladies that are just like mm, keeping tabs on each other? Mm. Be honest, I really don't think <laughs> so. You know,
1: I for me, I maybe just, others,
0: not you, but other yeah. women do that.
1: I would say others, you know, out trying to outdo each other to get the best next deal or you know the next brand who can sponsor them. If yeah, if, if it's for per personal gain. Yeah. Um, but for me, you know, I just focus on my page and I think the the underlining reason of why I do what I post is again, it's, it's, everybody goes through a traumatic experience. And for me, it was the loss of my mother. Yeah. Um, you know, with, tell me a little bit about her. Yes. Um, she was such an incredible woman. Um, you know, she spoke three languages, um, she was multifaceted in, in, in every single way. She, she was a mom. She was a business owner. She was an entrepreneur. You know, she was so kind and loving and genuine towards us. And, and unfortunately, um, cancer plagued her. Um, just watching her, 2015, she was plagued with um, ovarian cancer, and it spread to her lungs. Wow. Um, and it ultimately spread to her brain, and, and we lost her um, due to acute uh, respiratory failure.
0: How long was she sick for?
1: Um, well, this 10 years prior, she was plagued with ovarian cancer, and it came back.
0: What, was it caught at early stage, or was um, it late stage? Yeah, it
1: was a pretty late stage, mm-hmm. stage four of ovarian cancer.
0: Wow, and that's usually, you know, stage right, four. Usually. Right, don't get but, a lot but she
1: was a fighter, and, and she showed me that resiliency.
0: And do you feel like you live your life so that you live for her as well?
1: Oh, yes, definitely. I would say because of her, she gives me life. I, I honestly I would um, represent myself as the phoenix that that just rose out of the fire because of her death it gave me life and it gave me so much more meaning to it you know just watching her you know with vials of serpentine tubes and dripping down her veins and just just you know watching her helplessly like I I couldn't do anything yeah but it, it's just a reminder to me that I didn't want to live life like that and to me again health is the most important things when you can have everything you have in mm. life, mm. you know, blessed with a business, you know, and, and uh, everything. Even money
0: doesn't buy Yeah, nothing, nothing,
1: nothing, nothing could buy. And right. one of the things was, you know, when, when I finished uh, my graduate degree, my master's, she wanted to uh, travel the world with my dad. And unfortunately, she never did, never wow. did. And so that's why I told myself from then and on, and I'm not going to live that same life. I know work is, is work and I need to prioritize my business yeah, yeah. and work, but I, I choose to live. And that's why I do what I do, fitness, the journeys that I go on. I want to experience it all before I pass away. You know, going to the highest mountain peaks, going mm-hmm. to see the underworld, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, learning every skill that I can possibly tap into because I know I'm fully capable of it. And, and, and that's one of the reasons I post is, is really also to inspire other people as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can do these, if I can do it, you are totally capable of doing these things. Yeah. You know, and traveling is, you can live cost, it, it could be very cost effective. It doesn't have to be luxurious. Mm-hmm. Um, but
0: Yeah, and you figure out ways to make it happen when yes. you want it to happen. Correct. Yeah, I, I was brought up in a very um, low socioeconomic um, family, but we were so happy. But my mom always had money for travel. Yes. Even when we couldn't afford maybe like the best hotels or anything, she never said no for us to go somewhere and like do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she always had money for, you know, we wanted to go out, have ice cream at night. We would go have ice cream, all four of us. She had four kids, and uh, my dad yes. was the only one provider. But she would make it happen. Yes, so for me, true. I always think, you know, people always tell me, well, oh, you guys have all this money to travel. I'm like, my, I've been traveling with my parents. Maybe it was just Mexico. Maybe it wasn't across the world. Mm-hmm. But my mom made it happen. And she made it happen on, like, very little money. Mm-hmm. Um, because she had, she she wanted that for us. Mm-hmm. She didn't want us to feel like we couldn't do that. We couldn't go so Somewhere just because we didn't have money, right. and obviously people prioritize what makes what what what, have, what, what they want. Mm-hmm. That's that's where you put your money on, right. You know, you'll you'll have people with cars and fancy houses, but right. then they're complaining that they don't go right. anywhere. Yeah.
1: So if you do look at my page, you know yeah. everything is outside because, yes, that that's the nature You're living life. Is what brings me happiness. It's not materialistic possessions. It's it's being outdoors, the nature, the vibes, the energy that it brings me. I can see that.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you feed off of the earth.
1: Oh, definitely. I'm a, I'm earth, a tourist. Yeah. You're very so I'm an earthy. earthy sign, yes. Yeah. Like my
0: husband, he's <laughs> super, super down to earth. Like he doesn't do like hypotheticals and up in the sky, pie in the sky. Uh-huh. stuff. He's like, no, uh-uh, bring it down. Just yes. Bring it down for me because yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. He's the same way. That's why when he travels, he likes to go to places where like it's cold and he yes. can feel the cold in his face. Or like, you know, he's out in the water and you right. see like he's very earthy yeah, too. Yes, so we're very
1: central creatures. Very, yeah. So the water, you know. Very much yes. so.
0: Um, but I think that also um I think that, that also helps you as you grow up as a person to see things in a really beautiful perspective too. Mm-hmm. Because you see how other people live in other parts of the world. That's why right. we take our kids everywhere we go, because I always wanted them to know you know what, you guys are just super, super fortunate that Mm -hmm. you live here. Mm -hmm. Um, Abby, I want to talk to you a little bit about something that, um, you know, you and I have conversations, you're a single girl, (laughs) I'm a married girl, but I'm always thinking, okay, do y'all single girls work out way harder to look super good for the guys? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know, because I'm married, I don't have to work out that much, because I'm already married, but I mean, you guys are competing for men. Yes. survival of the fittest. Oh my God, (laughs) survival of the fittest. Um. And I noticed a lot of my single girls are, like, super fucking gorgeous and, like, oh, my God, like, super fit and, like, on top. Are y'all fighting for that one lion in the jungle? <laughs> <laughs> What's going
1: on? Tell right. me the truth. Uh, so, yes, I will definitely be honest. I would say eight aesthetics in, in the outside appearance, I would give you a 50%. I would say 50% of it is about the outer appearance and the other 50% would be about your virtues and your character. But you know i I talked to this with a, a, you know, from, from a girl's perspective and from a guy's perspective, one of my girlfriends that I had brunch with one day you know she was giving this example of shiny doors and, okay. and doors
0: you know right.
1: you know there's different types of doors and you have four doors one of them is polished and, and glistening and it's beautiful. The other doors are just dull and you know it's it's like a house you know selling houses you you want the best physical appearance that it could possibly look. Um, and do you think the
0: guys take that much consideration how they look as much as the girls do? I mean, the beauty industry is huge—makeup, right. uh, plastic surgery, um, fitness gyms. I mean, clothing lines. Do the guys put that much effort into looking good for these beautiful, gorgeous lionesses <laughs> in, the, in the jungle?
1: <laughs> I would say <laughs> physical appearance is a—it's a large component. Um, again, when you you know as a, for, uh, when you open that door. You want to find that shiniest door and you open it up and you peek inside and then you get to know what's inside of that door.
0: And if it's not good, you close it? Yeah, you close it and you <laughs> move on to the next one. But what if, Abby, this is yes. just it's just me <laughs> asking a question. <laughs> oh, what my. if, you know what, maybe the door isn't so shiny, maybe it's a little matte, maybe it's a little worn, you know, there's a little years on mm-hmm. that door, but there's some goodness inside. Yes. There's a big freaking heart um there's generosity of spirit Mm -hmm. uh compassion for people you know Mm -hmm. are y'all gorgeous ladies gonna give that guy a chance that door a chance I would hope so. I really would hope so. I don't so. know. I don't see it happening very much, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think for... I think d- that list is super tight. I mm. think y'all have that checklist super tight. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: like, uh, nope. You know, but from a man's perspective, i, I talking to a, a male friend, you know, he would tell me that if, if he was at a bar and... The most beautiful girl, beautiful face, with the most loveliest personality, was at a bar, and he looked at her, and she was not in shape. She was she was big, bigger than he would like. She, he wouldn't even turn around and talk to her. Really? Yes. It's it's that unfortunate. Yeah. So I think physical attraction drives uh-huh. you know getting to know someone first, but it's it's appearance because unfortunately, when we look at someone. Again, we associate fatness and sl- you know with sloth and laziness and it really dictates how you take care of yourself, you know, um lazy, undisciplined the way you eat, your mm-hmm. behavior, your habits. It, and
0: it translates to many parts of yes, your many it, different aspects all facets of, of, you. of your
1: life. It just shows somebody's life, a glimpse of their life what it's like.
0: Yeah, you know what though, but you know, I'm going to give you just the other side and the other perspective is sometimes men who are so um I guess very driven very ambitious sometimes their health and their fitness takes a little bit of a backseat. um but i don't think they're given that they're not forgiven as much you know i don't think or women 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 don't forgive the guys because you know they're 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 chasing the money they're chasing the next project they're chasing the next um close closing the next deal Mm -hmm. maybe their body just doesn't look you know perfect or gorgeous or amazing, but maybe they're like, you know, they've got other priorities. Mm-hmm. Do girls stop to think maybe it could be that? Mm,
1: I wouldn't say so. I would, again, if if fitness trumps your entire life or you put fitness in priority, I think everything else follows. So when when you're waking up every single day, you're bound to be more productive. Your energy flows through all the people that you touch. The leadership, the confidence would affect others. Um, you, you're less prone to be sick. I think it translates, again, to all facets of your life, mm-hmm. um, taking on the next challenge, the next project, mm-hmm. because you're always going to be up for that next challenge
0: mm-hmm.
1: due mm-hmm. to your level of fitness.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get that. But there has to be a little flexibility. <laughs> I'm just saying, as uh, I know older men, right. you know, I know older guys who are super driven, high-achieving, big old teddy bears, mm-hmm. they just don't look perfect. Hmm. but dude, I would be married to one of them if I wanted to, like right. they're like freaking like there for me. <laughs> they're going to support me in my goals and right. my business and my purpose. Mm-hmm. They get it because they know how driven I am too. Mm-hmm. They know, uh, they can see ambition a mile away from me because right. they know that, but they don't look great. They don't look, uh, necessarily, you know, thin or mm-hmm. necessarily, you know, uh, buff, mm-hmm. but let me tell you, They're gonna be your ride or die. They're gonna be your ride or die. So sometimes we gotta throw in a little flexibility Mm -hmm. in there, and they might be inspired by you, and they might be inspired by your Mm -hmm. level. Of fitness or level of nutrition mm-hmm. um and I'm I'm totally, open to that as well absolutely. definitely yeah that's my that's my little tip for my single girls yes,
1: <laughs> definitely yeah and like, I'm open for yeah,
0: it yeah yeah I mean you know what <laughs> sometimes you know there's other things and like um for me if my man supports my goals and supports my ambitions to mm-hmm. me that's really like you yes. know yes what I really really need and really love about mm-hmm. it um Abby, let me ask you something about eating disorders. Do you think that a little bit of um of what happens in the background of these fitness and fitness influencers is there a little bit of eating disorder happening, a little bit of body dysmorphia? Yes, definitely. Yeah. The, um,
1: I I would say it's a real thing. Um, these pathophysiological manifestations lead to you know objectification of your body and, and just really being very harsh on yourself. And and I could say I, I've experienced it as well. So I've competed in two bodybuilding shows, right. And they're bikini shows, okay? Um, but it's coming down to a, a small percentage of fat. You know, you're down to five to ten percent body fat.
0: And what does it take to get to that? By oh, the way, oh
1: man, it's it's rigorous, disciplined every single day. You know, it's the social life. You know, you you have to monitor yourself. You know, on on things that you can eat, um, you can't drink at all, or um, you know the water intake. Did you in, find that it was
0: worth it? Oh
1: yes. So so one thing one one misconception as well in terms yeah. of um, these bodybuilding shows. Most people think it's you know it's for aesthetic. Oh you know she wants the attention. She wants to look good in bikini and flaunt her uh-huh. for flaunt her ass and her assets. Uh-huh. But really, it's not about that. For me, it's about, again, personal attainment, the level of discipline that I know that I could do. Okay. You know, even if I was to gain weight or, you know, if I was to have a baby and afterwards mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. back into that same shape, I know the level of discipline that it will take. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I would ex- I say that I would, I experienced body dysmorphia.
0: I mean, because what I've read is, you know, a lot of these women, like they lose their periods.
1: Correct, and I've gone through that. I've went through amenorrhea, you know. Right,
0: and um, so that affects fertility. Correct. Um, A lot of your hormones are balance.
1: Correct, and I've experienced that as well. My T3 and T4 hormones were off. You know, that's... that's. How um, long did it take you to get back from something like that? I would say it took me about two years to, to get me back, but, you know, I was but so But you hard. would do it again? Um, <laughs> If I was after... Honest. after After having kids, I would say maybe, you know to not to the the, the certain the, the killer level that uh-huh. I was before, uh-huh. but I would go through the same um, eating habits, you know, I would eat multiple meals, small portions. I would drink a gallon or a gallon of half of water a day and again um, uh, the, the lifting the weights and the cardio I would deal I would still do it.
0: Do you find that you may not do something because you don't feel like you're looking your best like some girls will not take pictures. Like I deal with a lot of, you know, in, uh, with, with my photographers and a lot of the mm-hmm. women that I, I work with, mm-hmm. they refuse to take certain photos because they don't look mm-hmm. a certain way or they didn't lose the mm-hmm. weight they wanted to lose for their photos or mm-hmm. they didn't go to the party because they're going to see people and those right. people are going to think they're fat or right. they're unkept. Have you, have you found yourself having that
1: dilemma too? Well, I would say before I would, I would probably, you know, again, going through body dysmorphia, I was very harsh on myself because, you know, looking a certain type of way, I I saw all the muscle striations and fitting so well and feeling so sexy and confident, being so lean. I knew that, you know, walking around, I was top 10% or top 1% of the population looking that lean. And I, I did feel, you know, really comfortable in my skin, but. After the competition was really when it hit me because, you know, you, you do tend to gain weight. You're introducing more carbs back. You're not as, as toned as before. And so there were days every single day I would step on onto the scale and see what I weighed and, mm-hmm. and be really being harsh on caloric intake. Well, I mm-hmm. can't eat this. I can't drink. Mm-hmm. But, you know, nowadays, you know, when I go out with you and I could mm-hmm. eat a piece of cake to celebrate your birthday mm-hmm. or drink now, mm-hmm. I'm not so harsh on myself.
0: Did it take you a while to get to that point, though? Yes. Um,
1: yeah. it, was, it was a point where I went to the doctor. Um, I had a physical done, and yes, I realized um, my hormone was definitely off balance. But yes, the body fat, and she told me, this was one of the most life-changing moments as okay. well, too, was she told me that if I was to continue this journey of, of being at such a low body fat, that I wasn't be able to have kids. Because my, my uterine lining thinning was just too, too thin mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be able to carry kids. Mm-hmm. And so from that point, I feel like I, I needed to give grace, more grace to my body. Forgive and it, yourself a yes, little bit more yes.
0: for not being mm-hmm. at the level that you're accustomed right, to. At,
1: at such a low body fat and, and walking mm-hmm. like this. But Again, we have to understand that this level is not sustainable.
0: And we have to do a lot of mental talking to ourselves, right? A lot of self-talk has to happen for us as women too. Um, because changes happen in just um, month to month, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and I always talk to my clients and I'm like always thinking, you know, well, you are who you are right now and embrace that now. Mm-hmm. Work towards getting better and getting to the place where you feel more comfortable. But don't deny yourself the joy of doing something you love and you've always wanted to do just because you don't feel ready or mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. Is perfection attainable, by the way? Um, it, it's just, it's
1: perspective. It's objective. Um, the level of perspective, you know, if your goal was to become a Victoria's Secret model and look like, you know, with an hourglass shape, um, again, perfection, it, it's, it's attainable. But I think for it's again every single day. It's it's working towards something, and that's that's the beauty of it all is the journey towards perfection.
0: So the progress.
1: Yes, the progress day
0: in and day out. Wow, mm-hmm. that's that's really really good, mm-hmm. and it's really um, important that we also tell people like, you know, when people ask us or tell me like, how do you how are you able to do this or that, or how do you balance, you know, business, moms, kids, and I always say I don't balance. I'm just going along and trying my very best to balance, but I don't think balance ever happens I think for us something always is falling a little bit and for someone who has anxiety perfectionism where I need to do everything at the highest levels I'm mm-hmm. constantly reminding myself mm-hmm. that I can't do that I can't because I've suffered from anxiety because of that I mean mm-hmm. I'm the oldest of four and I was the one that was always taking care of my parents and I mm-hmm. still do right even on top of everything I'm the one that still takes care of them <laughs> um but that's an anxiety that I'm always constantly managing mm-hmm. you know and so for me you know one of the keys is always forgiving myself for not not um for not feeling like mm-hmm. I've achieved the highest in in whatever I do mm-hmm. um because I can't because okay. I will kill myself I will like literally fall in my face you mm-hmm. know it's right. just like not <laughs> not doable and so the sooner I get over it and guess what you know mm-hmm. People are quicker to forgive me than I am to forgive myself. Right.
1: Yeah, we're our own harshest critics. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yes. It's been such a good conversation, oh, Abby Liu. Thank you so much for having you me. You are the best and I will say it again, if anybody can give you that energy and that vibe that just embraces you with a huge warm hug. It's Miss Abby Liu. Oh, thank you so much. And, and I'm so grateful that you gave me a little bit of your time. I know you're a busy, busy lady, but your time is invaluable, and I know that, and I appreciate that very much. And I hope you enjoyed our little podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you, Alicia.
0: You're awesome. Love you. And we're going to share with everybody your links, but if you want to tell everybody where they can find you, or maybe where they can go train with you. Mm-hmm. um, So, um,
1: I teach at Sweat uh, mostly in the morning time at 6.30 on Wednesdays. Um, we are opening up our second studio out in River Oaks. Um, that will be the grand opening in August. So we're really excited about that. So come train with me.
0: Yay. And you guys you will love her classes oh thank you so much again i just
1: want to pr- tap into your fullest potential we all are yeah. capable of that
0: yeah and you leave your her class feeling empowered and feeling strong and wondering how you got through it <laughs> mental, fortitude, <laughs> mental baby. fortitude that's the key word thank you so much miss abby thank you Alicia. love you love you too